2: Locked on sports today.
1: The 72 Dolphins can
3: pop that bottle of champagne because the Eagles are undefeated no more. And speaking of defeat, are the defending Super Bowl champs going to miss the playoffs this year? And the Saints need to make a change of quarterback if they have any hope of turning their season around. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: all major sports. Found it. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: And just like that, there are no more undefeated teams left in the National Football League. The Washington Commanders stunned the Philadelphia Eagles 32-21 in Philly on Monday night. Thanks to what? Philly fans are going to say is a bad call at the end of the game, but also plenty of mistakes to point to as well. Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles joins me now. And and Gino, what did you think of that call at the end? Third down, if the Eagles get a stop, they have a chance to go win the game and Brandon Graham gets called for a late hit. What did you think of that call?
1: I, I think the call is independent of the result of the game. I mean, that's not the reason that they lost. They played bad fundamental football when you look at it, but I don't know. It's so ticky-tacky. It looks like Brandon Graham was giving up as well. He's never been a vicious player. Heineke was down. It's so ticky-tacky this day and age, but moral of the story, that wasn't the reason they lost the game. They would have still had to go down the field and score, and the way that their offense was looking the last couple drives as well, Things weren't looking great. They weren't taking care of the football. They lost the time of possession battle. They weren't getting it off the field on third down. That's a recipe to lose football games.
3: Yeah, three turnovers in this game. And then defensively, they couldn't cover Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin had eight catches for 128 yards. And for as well as Darius Slay has played this season, Terry McLaurin got the best of him. And he's he's done that to a couple elite corners this season. Did it to Jair Alexander a couple weeks ago against the Green Bay Packers. What was the biggest thing? You said that this was this the call was not the game. So what was the biggest thing that caused Philly to take its first L of the year?
1: I think it comes down to a lesson that we might have overlooked, but if you were really reading between the lines Jonathan Gannon in what he has done calling defenses, it's been skeptical, especially in big moments, situationally. Third down tonight, if you look at it, the way that they were playing early on where they're just playing zone coverage, not even giving their cover corners a chance to go out there and cover guys like Terry McLaurin, They were eating them up in those intermediate areas. And then they do go play man, but who is the guy they put on Terry McLaurin? It's a safety in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We have Darius Slay who could travel all over the field. Yeah, he's going to win some of those matchups, but that's what elite football players do. Terry McLaurin has given the Eagles fits and many other teams fits ever since he has gotten into the NFL. So you're going to lose in some spots, but at the same time, you can't stop throwing punches. You're in a boxing match. You can't just sit there with your hands over your face and expect the other team not to stop throwing. The Eagles didn't start blitzing until halfway through the third quarter where they finally started to hit home. Jonathan Gannon has played soft as a defensive coordinator in the National Football League and allowed mid-to-average quarterbacks to have very good success in the past two years. On the flip side, Devontae Smith
3: and A.J. Brown were really nowhere to be found. On 12 combined targets, they managed just 46 yards through the air. Where were those guys in this game? Was that a receiver problem, a schematic problem, a quarterback problem? These are your best players. Where were
1: they? A.J. Brown didn't look right today. I I don't know what it was. And he had a chance on that long interception that Jalen threw. It was in his hands. It hit A.J. Brown's hands. Hats off to the defensive back for making a great play. But they just didn't look right. The offense didn't look right. It didn't seem like they had any rhythm. They only give the running backs four carries in the first half. As good as Shane Steichen is in spots scheming up good plays getting things rolling uh I drive in and drive out there are times where he gets in this funk where it's almost chip kelly-esque where they're just so boneheaded stay up to date all year
3: on the philadelphia eagles by subscribing to locked on sports today and the locked on eagles podcast on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get podcasts coming up are the defending super bowl champs
1: going to miss the playoffs this year
3: Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Two MACTION games on the docket tonight, starting with the top team in the MAC East. Ohio has a five game win streak on the line as they travel the Ball State. Bet Online has the Bobcats favored by four. The other game has the MAC West leaders, Toledo hosting Bowling Green. Bet Online likes the Toledo Rockets by 16 at home. Bet Online, where the game starts.
2: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: An unbelievably sad story unfolded on Sunday night at the campus of the University of Virginia. Three UVA football players were shot and killed and two other students were wounded. Authorities apprehended the suspect in the shooting without incidents in Enrico County, Virginia, just before 11 a.m. Monday morning. The suspect had been identified as Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. who was listed on the Cavaliers 2018 football roster as a freshman running back. The three players who were killed Or junior receiver Lavelle Davis Jr. of Dorchester, South Carolina, junior receiver Devin Chandler of Huntersville, North Carolina, and junior defensive end Deshaun Perry of Miami. University President Jim Ryan gave those names at a news conference yesterday. Ryan said the shooting took place on a charter bus after students returned to campus from Washington, D.C. on Sunday to attend a play as part of a class field trip. The two wounded students were not identified by the university president. On May 28th, the Atlanta Braves called up Michael Harris to make his Major League debut, even though he had played just 43 games above the Class A minor league level. Yesterday, he was named NL Rookie of the Year. Harris beat teammate Spencer Strider for the award after hitting 297 with 19 bombs and 20 stolen bases. In the American League, it was Seattle Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez taking home the top rookie award. He won it in a true landslide, getting 29 of 30 possible first-place votes. Rodriguez hit 284, led all rookies with 28 home runs, and got 25 steals. Only two players since 1900 have accumulated at least 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and 25 doubles in their age 21 or younger seasons. Since 1900, those two names, Mike Trout and Andrew Jones. The
4: Toronto Raptors got a road win over the Detroit Pistons. It's Delano Banton's world and we all just live in it. Sean will be here from Lockdown Raptors to break down the Toronto Raptors 115-111 win over the Detroit Pistons in Detroit on Monday night. And the big takeaway from this one is that the Raptors survived this game somehow because of Delano Banton. They came into this game without Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, their two best offensive players, as well as Gary Trent Jr., a third starter, and Precious Achua, one of their seven best players and one of their three best defenders. It was pretty grim. They also lost Otto Porter Jr. at halftime of this one to a foot injury. And so it was on the shoulders of Delano Banton, the second year, former second round pick. And he had himself a career night. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, and 1 victory for the raptors in spite of all the injuries in spite of rough nights offensively and defensively from scotty barnes and a bit of an uneven shooting performance from og and the two guys right there who were supposed to kind of carry the day it was not those guys it was delano freaking banton who will certainly be in nick nurse's rotation plans going forward even more so than he has been so far this season after a brilliant effort on Monday night to steal the Raptors a win. The Raptors now play just three games over the next 11 days after a very busy stretch. Hopefully they can start to get some bodies back here. But if not, Delano Banton's there. They're gonna be fine, right? I'll have more broken down on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Raptors. Be sure to tune in.
3: And the New York Islanders skated to
5: a road victory over the Ottawa Senators. The New York Islanders did just enough to get past the Ottawa Senators 4-2. to Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here Islanders downing the Senators and they had to overcome some of their own mistakes the Islanders taking far too many penalties including a key double minor by Scott Mayfield that set up a five on three but with the exception of one power play goal they killed it off and were able to hang on for a four to two win. Strong games by Matthew Barzal and Noah Dobson contribute to the offense. Brock Nelson adds an empty net goal. And the Islanders, you know, they didn't panic. They didn't play particularly well, but they were efficient and they got the job done. Just enough offense and solid penalty killing overall to overcome the foolish penalties that made this a game. The Islanders continue their winning ways. For more, watch and listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast with me, Gil Martin, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: It was a playoff rematch that did not even come close to meeting (laughs) the kind of stakes that we saw last year with the Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. The Rams on their way to a Super Bowl title. They are looking anything but super right now. A 27-17 cardinals win behind colt mccoy this was supposed to be kyler murray against matt stafford and it was two quarterbacks that the average football fan is going wait who that guy's still in the nfl (laughs) Joining me now from locked on rams travis rogers and and travis not the season here at three and six la was hoping for and now cooper cup is hurt matthew stafford is hurt where does this team go from here
0: Yeah, I think that's the question, right, Peter? And and I think the answer is, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Sean McVay knows. I don't Mm -hmm. think that Raheem Morris has an idea of what they're doing on defense. All of a sudden, for the first time really all season, that didn't look like um, a good enough piece they've been you know staying in some of these games because of defense fact of the matter is and, and you mentioned it that playoff game they had against Arizona on Monday night and um, the wild card round was the last time that the, the Rams had a, a game that looked like they knew exactly what they were doing and it went according to plan since then they've been in one score games in the playoffs and no complaints about how that went last year obviously <laughs> but but all you know they opened up their season against buffalo and got steamrolled they won a couple of games after that but not in particularly decisive fashion including one against arizona and really since then when they were 2 and 1 they've lost 5 of their last 6 games and have looked bad doing it it's an offensive line that has had nine different combinations in nine weeks it's a group of running backs who have been equally ineffective across the board it's a quarterback in matthew stafford who has been completely ineffective and outside of cooper cup not one person on offense making plays that's not just a, hey, if we can get this fixed, we'll start to look like ourselves. That's everything not working. And I don't know how you get that fixed in week 11 of the NFL season. And the trade deadline come and gone. They yep. were reportedly
3: in on some of the big names that were out there, tried hard to get Christian McCaffrey, but this team has not looked all season like they are a Christian McCaffrey away from competing in the NFC. So to what do you attribute the the lion's share of this letdown, because this this does not feel like a hangover. This feels like a roster that just doesn't look or, or play the way that we saw them last year.
0: Yeah, I think it's two things. I think it's number one, it's the the players who were here last year that are back, in particular those star players, whether it's Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and then throw in a couple of other very big names, Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson along the way. They've been somewhere between okay to maybe a little bit better than that, but nobody's been terrific. Maybe Bobby Wagner's been pretty good. Aaron Donald has been good by normal people's standards, but by Aaron Donald's standards, maybe not quite as good. Um, and then you take everything else that isn't those top-tiered guys, and the talent just isn't there. That, that little extra something that they had last year isn't there. This is a, a team that has been headlined by some very big names for the last couple of years, and this is the other side of F-them picks. This is the other side of all in. <laughs> this is the other side of all of that stuff that eventually that credit card bill, you say, oh, I'll take that, and I'll take that, and I'll take that. You have to pay it at some point, and they're paying it right now.
3: So you mentioned that no one really knows how to move forward. So what can you find a value here the rest of the season, even if there's not a clear path to like, okay, this is how they get back to being NFC title contenders. What can they still gain here the rest of the way? in what looks like an also ran kind of season.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because they don't even have a first round draft pick next year. So th- that could end. This could be a f- top five, top 10, almost certainly pick at this point. That's going to go yeah. to the Detroit lions. So it's not like you're thinking, okay, we're going to get a good pick, I think, you know, and when we'll see what it looks like when we get some definitive information with Cooper Cup's injury, how long, if at all, he's going to be out, whether or not Matthew Stafford can come back. But, you know, I'm sure you've heard them say this, that you're not only auditioning for your own team, you're auditioning for the other 31 teams out there every single week that you put a performance yeah. on film. And I really do think that's where the Rams are at this point. They're figuring out whether Tyler Higby is that guy, whether Van Jefferson is that guy, whether they can find a way to use Allen Robinson effectively. I think everybody right now is auditioning either – for their role on this team for next season or their role on another team for next season. Because you look at the NFC picture, you look at the NFC West in particular um, there, there's a mathematical path to them getting back from, but from a practical path, it does not exist. And I think Sean McVay is probably going to start evaluating what he has moving forward. And I think it starts next week against new Orleans.
3: Yeah. This season has gone from F them picks to F this season. Right. Travis, thank you so I'm much. stealing that. Stay up to date all here on the LA Rams by subscribing to Locked on Sports Today and the Locked on Rams podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, if the Saints hope to resurrect their season, and if Dennis Allen hopes to keep his job in New Orleans, they have to make a change at QB. If
2: you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: The New Orleans Saints have not lived up to the hype. In fact, they've more like lived up to their old nickname, the Aints. After drawing a lot of sleeper picks in the preseason, the Saints haven't woken up quite yet. As Ross Jackson surmises on Locked On Saints, there's a clear change that needs to be made.
6: Something's got to change. And the easiest place to make a change is going to be at quarterback. I know I've been up and down this hill for a week, two weeks, three weeks now. I know it. And you're probably tired of hearing me saying it. And I'm listening, I'm tired of saying it, but I have to because it's so clear. It's so clear that this New Orleans Saints team does not have the leadership that it needs. And there's only one place where you can make that change over the course of the season, and that's at quarterback. If you still want to try to win games, yeah, you can make a change at head coach if you want to, but that's not going to happen in a first year head coach, right? That would be a stain on the organization for the New Orleans Saints. Who are very likely at this point, I would say, I would say maybe more than 50% might be looking for another quarterback or, excuse me, another head coaching option this offseason because things just aren't working with Dennis Allen. Let's be real. But you're not going to make that change in the middle of the season. You make that change in the middle of the season, you appoint an interim guy, you're punting the season at that point. But if you want to maintain competitive, if you want to still show free agents that this is a destination with a winning culture, even when the team is losing, right? And I want to speak a little bit to what that looks like, because you can see it when you're in the Saints locker room. You can see what a winning culture for a losing team looks like. It's there. It's there, and it's undeniable. Absolutely undeniable. So we'll break that down here in a second. But if you want to make a change, where you have to make that change is that quarterback. And Andy Dalton is not winning you games. It's not happening.
3: Funny enough, when asked if he's considering making a change of quarterback, Saints coach Dennis Allen did not shoot down the question. I think, I think we
4: got to look at everything. Yeah. I think we got to look at everything. So we'll we'll uh and that'll be a process that we'll go through over the rest of today and tomorrow and um
3: as we get ready for for the Rams. Here's the problem for the Saints. They are living the old adage that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And this cuts to the core of their ideology as a team that is perpetually all in. You can be Perpetually all in when Drew Brees is your quarterback, going every season to push all those chips to the middle of the table when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback who can pick up the pieces if you bust because you have him the next season. The Saints went into this season making aggressive moves to trade up for players that, in the case of Chris Olave, have helped them this season, but in a season that doesn't look like it's going to matter. So when you are not getting that high-level quarterback play, and even at the end, the Saints were not getting the highest of high-level quarterback play from Drew Brees, but they were still able to do enough around him because he's always making the right decisions. That's not the case with Andy Dalton. That's not the case with Jameis Winston. It's not the case with Taysom Hill. So they just didn't have the personnel to approach this season like they approached this season. And this is what's happening. It's appropriate. We had Travis Rogers on to talk about the LA Rams, the Bill coming due. Well, they have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford, assuming Matthew Stafford, health wise, can be the guy that he was much of last season. What do the Saints have? They have an outmoded ideology for the roster and, particularly, the quarterbacks that they have. And finally, I had heard about a timber shortage, but this is ridiculous. Okay, I joke, but someone paid one heck of a premium for a bat used by Ty Cobb during his rookie season. The earliest known bat to have been used by Cobb sold for over a million dollars on Sunday night. What's crazier still is this isn't even the most expensive Cobb bat that's ever been auctioned. In March 2021, a bat Cobb used for seven seasons, including his last one, sold for $1.1 million. It is worth noting that the bat from his rookie season, you know, 117 years ago, received a perfect condition rating and has a letter of authenticity. That is some good wood. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, who can challenge the Eagles in the NFC? So at least until tomorrow...